Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, in every episode, we got a great show for you. we got Lois Robbins coming on today. Um, she's done some great things out in the acting world. And she also just recently launched um, her own Instagram live show called The Lowdown, which we'll talk about that too. Um, but we're definitely excited to hear parts of her story and just to see where this goes and talk some acting. So, Lois, are you here? Hello there. How are you, Chris and Sandy? Oh, doing well. We are doing awesome. Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is for definitely our pleasure. Today. So now, um, this has been a weird year, and I always start to show the same because of the year we're in. Um, yeah. So, being that you're in the entertainment world, how has COVID affected what you do, and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? It has been certainly a challenging year uh, for me, as it has been for everyone. And um, I think that, uh, you know, aside from the fact that it's made me shift my priorities uh, quite a Mm -hmm. bit, it's also made me realize uh, how effective and creative I can be in a more isolated, you know, under more isolated (laughs) circumstances. Um, and it's actually, uh, my goodness, I think it's, it's panned out to be one of the most thrilling several months of uh, my <laughs> creative life. So I'm feeling yeah. pretty blessed at the moment. <laughs> we definitely know how you feel because the same that. thing happened with us. Um, we, we launched a show January 3rd of this year, and our original plan was 100 interviews. We figured if, you know, if we could do 100 interviews our first year, We'd be ahead of the crowd. I don't know too many hosts mm-hmm. that can say they did 100 interviews our first year. And then COVID happens. And yeah. I told Sandy, I was like, you know, this may be our year to shine because people in the entertainment world are going to need a place to talk. And we're going to give them that platform. And because of that, we have done over 300 shows now. Wow. That's incredible. So well, it's been our know, best, um, best year. What are they, what's that expression? They say that um, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yep. Yes. And, of course, mm-hmm. we do video interviews now, which we just started that like a couple months ago. And then and, and then I'm doing um, another little video podcast for the Jacksonville, Florida area. That's more of a local thing that's not the Christmas Sandy show. So it's been like, okay, this has really given us ideals. So you know what? We can't really do a whole lot, but yet we can still do stuff. Right. No, that's, um, it's been the same for me. And, uh, you know, I think it started, um, we came out to Los Angeles mm-hmm. when COVID started mm-hmm. because uh, we've got two daughters who are here and uh, two little grandchildren uh, now 18 months and three months. And uh, we just wanted to be near them. So uh, we came out here and then, a director that um, I had done a film for about two years ago had an idea for us to do this uh, family show uh, by a Zoom with a couple of the cast members from uh, the film, oh, wow. which is called One Nation Under God. But we did this um, live, uh, not live, it was a, an Instagram TV series called, um, what was she calling it? It was a very funny name. Uh, We did did about eight episodes. I can't even remember the name. But anyway, it was Lisa Arnold, the director, and we had such a good time Mm -hmm. doing that. And that's sort of when things started out here. Um, 
for me thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do with this time? And uh, mm-hmm. that that burgeoned for a little bit, and then I ended up uh, reading a script that a friend sent me that I thought, oh my goodness, this is a film script, and mm-hmm. uh, I sent it to mm-hmm. a producer friend of mine, and I said, you know, I've never really been interested in producing before, but this script yeah. has come to me, and I think it's unbelievable, and I want to produce it, but since I don't know the first thing about producing, and you do, if you agree with me that this is great, I want you to teach me everything you know and produce this film with me. Oh, wow. So uh, he, he yeah. read it and said, Lois, this is incredible, and yes, um, I want to, I'll produce this movie with you. So we're in the throes of that with some very exciting people, which I can't talk about it yet because it won't be announced until yeah. after the first of the year, but it's going to be oh, wow. really a beautiful film. And then you know, and, uh, I yeah. optioned a book that I'm going to turn into a, a limited series, and I'm finishing oh, wow. filming on a on a uh, a movie that I'd started filming prior to COVID that had to shut, and now we're going mm. back uh, January 6th to finish uh, six days of shooting on that film. So, and then oh, wow. I, of course I've launched the lowdown, uh, my my interview series on Instagram, which has been so exciting for me. Uh, and I found that I have a bit of a journalist in me because what I love the most about those interviews is not only the live portion of it, but the research that I have to do prior to the interviews. Mm-hmm. So that's been yeah. really exciting. Yeah, because that was something that, you know, I, we've done interviews in the past, but not like formatted like our show is. So it was like when we launched January 3rd, it was after the first two interviews that day. I remember getting off the interviews, and I said, I was like, you know, I found what I'm supposed to do because I love the communication that we have with the artists, the actors, the authors, and mm-hmm. all that. And, and, you know, to have 300 conversations with people like yourself through the year, especially in the middle of where nobody's talking right now because of COVID, you know, it's been like such a blessing in our life that we've been able to have people kind of pour into us through these yes, conversations. Yes. I mm-hmm. totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you never know when things are going to lay in your lap. Like um, we interviewed one of the people we interviewed a while back. Um, she's from Nashville. And I remember, and she talked about how she bought, she didn't, she was going to be a producer. She knew nothing about producing, but she got, but this is what she had a little calling behind her because she got tired of walking in the studios and the producers and all that running the studios were like, okay, we can help you, but what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. And she, so, and she got tired of hearing that. She, she says she goes. People don't realize that happens more than you people want to admit that, especially in Nashville. And she said, um, so she said, you know what? There's got to be other women that don't feel that hate that too. So she launched her own little producing company and found a friend of hers that does that and said, teach me everything you know. And she went out like bought thousands of dollars worth of equipment to do this and now she's a big producer there that's amazing well listen and you know the entertainment business is very tricky and Mm -hmm. um you Mm -hmm. don't feel oftentimes that you have a lot of control and i think uh what i've learned over the years is not only can you not sit around and wait for your agents to you know find work for you but you do Mm -hmm. have to create things for yourself and that's uh what i've done over the last 
several years by you know writing a play that uh, ended up getting produced at the Signature Theater and wow. uh, you know just doing things that I could move the needle um, and and have control over my destiny instead of just waiting to audition you know for things which is wonderful if you have the opportunities uh, yeah. to do that but they don't yeah. always translate into work. And agents probably love you for that because again agents have enough on their plate as it is and they try to get you the jobs but it's up to you to also do, to do it oh I, I think i might be my agent's favorite client honestly because they know <laughs> they always say to me lois you never sit still you are always doing stuff to make things happen we love this about you and you know, I just I feel like that's really my job. I mean, I yeah. You know, it's just so hard to to get work as an actor. So you mm-hmm. have to you know be your own advocate. And, and you know, speaking of hard, um, I always like to talk about that side of the entertainment industry because nobody talks about this. You know, a lot of people they see the glory behind a Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, the glory behind a Blake Shelton and a Miranda. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their levels, but to get to a, even a career level within the entertainment industry. And I always said we're going to talk about that side of it because nobody else does. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that side of it. Um, I'll tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But And this is going to have to do with a music interview I did. So keep in mind uh, you know, it's just about music, but I think it goes perfectly for what you do. Okay. Um, but we, we interviewed a girl named Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in 2014. And I remember asking what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. And I'll never forget what she said because I always like to use this analogy on every show. Um, but she said that if you can see yourself doing something else, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said because the moment you want it to be a career – Everything changes. Everybody kind of owns a piece of you. You no longer own your own life from that point on. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But you, when you're gigging, you can't say no at the begin, especially at the beginning of your career. And you definitely don't want to be one of them that cancels gigs once you get them. You know, you don't want to be known for that. She goes, then your family has to sacrifice around you because they have to kind of give you up to this calling that you kind of have this passion. And then there's days you just feel miserable, but you got to get out there and perform anyway. She goes, but, but then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing something else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said based around the entertainment industry? And let's talk well, about Well, I mean, I, I have said, I've said the exact same thing. I'm mean, literally the exact same thing. I've always told, mm. you know, young actors who I've spoken to, um, if you can see yourself doing anything else, do it, because this is a tough <laughs> grind, always. And there's no mm-hmm. question. I mean, for me, I've known since I was five that I was going to be an actor. Yeah. There was no other option for me. I mean, it's just I knew that was my calling. And mm-hmm. uh and I went all in, uh, you know, as soon as my parents would, would allow me to do it, literally kicking and screaming because they did not want me going into the entertainment business. Oh, wow. But they saw that I was going to persevere no matter what. And finally, you know, one day my dad said to me, okay, there's obviously no talking you out of this. Um, so I, I will make a deal with you. I will pay your rent. Um, until you can afford to pay your own rent, but you better work oh, wow. your butt off. 
And my, my dad, he didn't want me to have to be a waitress because he just thought if I had to yeah. be a waitress, I wouldn't be able to get up in the morning and do well at an audition if I was out till two in the morning being a waitress. He just, yeah. he was so wonderful. My parents were so wonderful to me. So he said, uh, but I'll do it as long as I see that you are working really hard. And from yeah. the get-go, I worked my butt off. And I had, in the first year of my career, I had three national network commercials running. I was wow. working on daytime television. Um, I worked really, really hard. And, uh, and I, I guess that's what, you know, I would say that there was no other option for me. I went all in. Look, I had some lean years where you know, I decided, uh, you know, very young to have a family. And mm-hmm. I had my kids and work kind of dried up for me. But I wow. did not let that stop me. As soon as my kids, I mean, I never stopped working. Uh, but when mm-hmm. my kids were really mm-hmm. little, I wasn't working the way I, you know, wanted to, obviously, because I wanted to be around for them. But once the th- my three kids were in school full time, I was out there with a vengeance. And talk about sacrifice. I mean, I had to go out of town, you know, quite a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, because I had a, I had a big television career. But after I had my kids, everybody in TV sort of forgot who I was. So I had to go out of town. Mm-hmm. We were living wow. in New York at the time, and I had to go out of town to do theater uh, just so mm-hmm. I could try and get a theater job in New York. And, you know, I was around when my husband was trying to build his business, and I finally looked at him one day and I said, Honey, Tag, you're it. I'm going out of town to do theater. You have to, like, be <laughs> mom and dad for a couple of weeks. Because, and then, you know, I did that, and he was very supportive, you know, not 100% because he was not so thrilled about it, but he understood. And uh, I went out of town, and as a result of that, I came back to town and, and got Cactus Flower, uh, which opened, oh, wow. you know, at the West Side Theater. And because of that play, all of a sudden people were like, oh, where's Lois Robinson? Oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> Um, but it was not, you know, I did sacrifice a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. looking back, I'm not 100% sure I did the right thing uh, for my mm-hmm. family. But my kids are all very proud of me and all extremely ambitious for them for themselves. So I guess it all worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yeah. we definitely understand where you're coming from. Because although this is a little different sacrifice, but, you know, because we run the show together and we run the whole Jacksonville thing together as a family. But we, you know, just so we can make ends meet while we build this crazy brand, um, we deliver food in the evenings as a family. It's funny. At least we get to do that together. Yes. Um, but <laughs> we do little odd and end things like that so that we can stay afloat while we build our show, while we build the mm-hmm. Jacksonville thing, while we build other things. Uh, and that's been our struggle is trying to maneuver through all this in a year that nobody's making money. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. brutal. It's brutal. So, it's just brutal what's happening out there. So it's been a struggle for us, but, you know, we wouldn't have it, like you said, we wouldn't have it any other way. We can't imagine doing anything else other than what we're doing. We're doing it as a family together. So we've been able to grow together, and, and you know, it's it's a sacrifice that we're willing to pay, and one day we'll look back and we hope that we can say it was worth it, you know, because I'm just yeah. one of them people that believe that, that – when you get to the end of your road, you're going to look back and you're going to regret more things that you didn't do than the things you That's did. Right. I would rather crash and burn than to wonder what if. 
You know, you're reminding me. I was in Los Angeles. Um, this was many, many years ago. I was doing a play here, mm-hmm. and um, I was thinking about having a third child. And the director, mm-hmm. who became a very dear friend, said to me, you know, I said, I just, I, I really want to have a third child, but I'm so afraid of, like, having to stop working again. And and he said to me, Lois, I want to tell you something. In life, you're never sorry for the things you do. You're only sorry for the things you don't do. You can always be an actress, mm-hmm. but you can't always be a mother, have that baby. And I did. Yeah. And I'm, yep, never, <laughs> never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and you know, um, I seen an interview with um, the country singer Cam, and she and she was talking about that she had a decision to make at one point of her life where she the finished nursing or psychology school, or go all in with singing. She didn't know what route she needed to go, and so she went to a trusted friend of hers. And said, "How do I decide?" And the tru- and a friend said. Pretend you're 90 years old. Ask yourself, if you, ne- if you don't go to school for that degree, will you regret that? Now ask yourself, if you don't pursue your music career when you're 90, will you regret that? Whichever one you regret will be the one you want to need to go to. It's a good one. That's a really, really good study question. <laughs> <laughs> Because again, a lot of people have mind, multiple I might options. You might have to steal that for the lowdown. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people have multiple options, and and sometimes you know, you know, there are some people who are like coming up, and they know that they're going to be a pro athlete, at least that's their dream, and and that, and they all, and they that's the only thing they're good at is they can play football, so they don't ha- they don't have options. But then you got other people as they're growing up, they have multiple options. And sometimes having multiple options makes it tougher. It's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, for me, there weren't really mm-hmm. multiple options. I was terrible <laughs> at math and science. <laughs> I was never going to be a scientist or a math teacher. That wasn't happening. So I could always, I, I loved to sing, and I was very good at memorizing, so there was no question which direction I was going. <laughs> like, for me, it took me 49 years to figure this out, but all our life, I could just talk. I just, I always joked that if I could ever get paid to talk, I'd be rich, you know, and, and I remember so many times, we, Sandy and I have been married 18 years, and there'll be so many times we're on the street, and we run into some, and I'm not talking about running into friends. I'm not running into strangers where I'm two, three minutes in a conversation with a stranger, and Sandy would know if, I'm, if I get deep at all in the first two, three minutes, we're there 60 minutes. And I mean, many times she would sit <laughs> <laughs> and she'd get she'd get upset with me sometimes, and I'd see a eye roll. But she, but when you're deep in that conversation, you're not thinking. And I've done this thousands of times through our 18 years of marriage. Little did we know, we laugh about it now because now yeah. we're like, oh, this has just prepared us for what we do now. That's funny. That's really funny. Well, Sandy, <laughs> at least you, you know who you're married to, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm the talker. I'll admit that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But but don't let Sandy fool you. You know, you once people get to know her, she can talk. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she can. Otherwise, she wouldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. Uh, I guess I'm thankful for this because I, I guess about a year ago or so, she made a comment to me, and she goes, "I just enjoy listening to you talk." Oh, and, so and, and I sat there and thought to myself, "I was like, okay, does that mean I talk too much?" I mean, I, I, I'm sitting there analyzing that now, you know, uh, but then I realized it meant that she just like the, there was nothing she to analyze. She loves you. She just loves you. Yes. Yeah, like, My husband's a good talker too, but he always make and he always makes me laugh, and that's, I love that about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely love that. Now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, let's go the other way and talk about the side where you're, where things really happen for you. Um, tell us a few moments in your career where you're like, wow, I got to do that from, you know, from being on soap operas and other things. How did some of that happen? Well, I started uh, work very, you know, young and, um, and I, it really, most of it happened because of my own tenacity. I, <laughs> I took a, a soap opera class. With uh, oh, wow. Mary Jo Slater, who at the time was casting One Life to Live, and I would just make sure that I had my my face in front of people who could help get me work. <laughs> so whatever I could do to get my face in front of them, I did, and uh, that was one of the things. There was this uh, soap opera technique class, and you had to audition to get tip. into it. Yeah, so I, I auditioned to get into the class. I got in, and Mary Jo took a liking to me, and she got me an under five, uh, which means five lines or less, on mm. uh, One Life to Live. And they liked me so much with my five lines that uh, they hired me. <laughs> and, oh, wow. um, yeah, and so and on my first or second day working on that show, Bryn Thayer, who had a, a contract role on the show, said to me, oh, Lois, you remind me so much of me. <laughs> Sorry. You, she said, you remind me so much of me when um, when I started acting. I'm oh, going wow. to, I want you to meet my agent. And hmm. so she introduced me to her agent, uh, Baldwin Scully. They were my first agents that I signed with. Yeah. And, uh, and that sort of started the ball rolling for me on daytime. And then you know, at that time, you know, if you had a contract role on daytime, and ABC was very, very um, loyal to mm-hmm. the actors that they worked mm-hmm. with, so if they were writing you off of one show, you immediately appeared on another one. So yeah. I had a lot of years where I was just going from one ABC show to the next. Uh, and at that time, too, if, if you were on daytime, you were always auditioning for nighttime stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of pilot mm-hmm. auditions, and um, at the same time, I was also doing um, singing at you know nightclubs and auditioning for theater. And I could do theater at night and work during the day. So I was just a little workaholic, and I would do all <laughs> those things. I was working all day and working all night. Um, wow. And then yeah, and then uh, and then like I said, I you know I got married and I had my first child, and after I gave birth. I was asked time show, I think, and I was about, uh, I had only given birth eight weeks before, and <laughs> I, I 
got this job and I, I was so depressed, not postpartum depression or anything, yeah. but I was really yeah. missing being home with my baby. And I, I called my agents crying and I was like, I'm not ready to go back to work. And so <laughs> they, they got me, they got me out of that contract somehow. I don't know oh, how wow. they did it, but they did. Wow. Yeah. And then um, other moments that just felt like um, were big moments for me were, I guess when I did, um, Actually, Cactus Flower for me was probably one of the greatest moments of my life because I went out of town to do it and went out Mm -hmm. of town but wasn't sure. You know, a lot of the cast that went out of town didn't end up doing it at the West Side Theater, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be one of the people doing it at the West Side Theater, but then they decided they really liked me and they wanted me in the show, and they hired Maxwell Caulfield to play uh, the lead, and I was so excited to work with Max. I mean, he was, that was a thrilling, thrilling uh, time, and uh, it was a great cast. Um, wow. So that was one. I mean, I've had so many exciting moments in my life uh, as an actor where I thought, I can't believe I'm working with this person. I'm working with Billy Baldwin was amazing, and uh, Kathy Najimy, working with both of them on Blowtorch was very exciting. Um, but I, honestly, I think that some of the most exciting work that's coming up for me is probably going to be the best. Um, mm-hmm. oh, oh, but wow. I do have to mm-hmm. say, working with Meg Ryan and having her direct me in her film, Ithaca, <laughs> was really um, incredible. I mean, I've had a lot of moments like that, work, just working with some people that I was like, wow, I can't believe uh, I'm in the room with them. And this is kind of cool. Uh, but I think what happens, it's funny because mm-hmm. I just did this interview with Tony Goldwyn last week on the lowdown. And you know, he's just an extraordinarily accomplished uh, actor, director, producer. And um, it was interesting speaking to him about this very question because I think what happens as we work really hard um, mm-hmm. as actors in our business, when you land in rooms with people, you feel ready. You know, there's, yeah. I mean, it's not that I wasn't in awe at certain times of just being in the room with these people, but I never felt like, ooh, I'm not ready to be here. I feel like I've worked really hard and frankly like it's your time. sort of deserve to be wherever I am, you know, I'm just having the film that I'm getting ready to finish up was with Dermot Mulroney and Penelope Ann Miller and um, being on set with both of them. And I have loved Dermot Mulroney. I actually said to him, you know, I have to admit something, Dermot, I'm kind of fangirling you a little bit. Favorite line (laughs) in the movie ever was uh, the film that he did with Deborah Messing uh, where he plays the wedding date. And uh, uh, oh, I don't know if you know this film, and and he and she, he shows her in a very seductive way um, what it's like to sort of be kissed by somebody in a very sensual way, and she says to him, uh, "You, you must be worth every penny, or something like that." It's just this great one. Yeah. You're worth. I mean, she says, "You're worth every penny." And <laughs> that's like my favorite line in a movie ever. My favorite, one of my favorite moments in film. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so people like that that I've gotten to work with, it's just, it's, you know, I feel very lucky. I feel very, very lucky and very blessed to to do my to do the work that I do. I, you know, I think as actors, when you can get up every day and say you love where you're going and you love what you're doing, I mean, nothing's better than that. And, and I don't you know, know we I get your question, but 
<laughs> you know, and we even we definitely get exactly where you're coming from because, you know, when we launched January 3rd of this year, you know, we thought, you know, it would always be like up and coming artists and and at least for the first few years. And we've done so many interviews this year that all of a sudden we've had people like Randy Travis coming on, um, mm-hmm. Colin Ray, um, Cassidy Pope, people, and actors like and actresses like you, and other you know we've been able to reach out to people that our little one, our eight year old, um, loves like on his shows from like the Nickelodeon side hustle and stuff and but some of them people on and so it's been like so sandy and i sometimes go to bed at night and we're like can you believe this is happening (laughs) isn't that just the best feeling (laughs) (laughs) now granted we have worked very hard to get uh, even though it's only been like almost a year old show i mean to do 300 shows in a year we've worked very hard to get to where we are now, to get these interviews, to to do thirty to sixty minute interviews a pop, you know, and sometimes two and three a day and all that. So we're we I, we I think we feel like you, where when you finally get that interview that you've been waiting on, I've done the even though it's like a fan person, I'm a fan of this person, but you know what? I deserve yeah. to be here too. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, nothing happens without hard work, let's face it, right? I mean, you've, you've mm-hmm. got to put in the time, That's and when right. you put in the time, you get the results. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Now, as you know, I, I, a I lot actually, of people, I just want yeah. to say there was a quote that I posted on Instagram uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago, and I think I'm, I may not be quoting it exactly, but it's something like, <laughs> I, believe, I believe in luck, and the harder I work, the more luck I have. <laughs> Oh, that's so true. And, and, you know, some of the artists that we talked to that are like legends said that, you know, that, yes, you got to work hard. But sometimes there is a portion of luck. Cause I, I remember um, an interview that was done with Mark Cuban. And, and, and somebody asked him, because as a billionaire, so as a billionaire, if you were starting today, could you make it to where you are now? And Mark said, I would always be a millionaire, but because of my timing, I don't think I could have been a billionaire again. Wow. Well, timing is very important in life, for sure. <laughs> exactly. You know, so sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit of luck involves, but you don't get that luck unless you're working your tail off. <laughs> now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, the actors – and and everybody in between, but they don't see the teams that make them. And I think the teams don't get enough love. So on our show, I want them to always get the love that they deserve. So if you want to take a few moments, just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, I love that. Thank you for asking. Um, I have had the same agents, Bauman, Rodanti, and Shaw, for um, – Many years, and, and uh, Mark Redanti and Charles Bobner and Chris Foster and uh, Justin Noga um, at BRS Gage, they have been amazing. And uh, I have a wonderful manager, Robin Bluestone, who is so supportive, and my publicist, Jill Fritzo, and uh, Charlie there on the other end of the phone. And, uh, yeah, they're awesome. an amazing team. And, yeah. Uh, and Steve, I just I'm very very lucky. I have um, 
a wonderful uh, team, Emily Raber, uh, who does all my social media. I mean, it really does take a village, honestly. And um, and uh, I have great people who help me get guests on uh, on the lowdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of that with my own, you know, outreach. But I do have yeah. a wonderful team that helps me with that. And uh, Jill has helped me with that, and uh, and Emily uh, as well. Um, and a wonderful woman named Lori Levine who has just come on the team to help me procure guests. So none of this happens on its own. Um, And, of course, my family. I mean, you know, there's – I can't do anything without the support of my family. So, uh, you know, it all starts there. And, um, yeah, but it really does take a village, and and I I have a really good community around me so it's great and you know speaking of family we kind of we've got a third co-host ourselves our little eight-year-old that we allow to come on and ask one or two questions Um, so sandy's so sandy's going to get him and then and we've got a 21 month old that when she gets older she don't know yet but she'll be plugged in the show too what is your eight-year-old's name christopher so yes he's a chris (laughs) all right i did read that i did read that yes <clears throat> and, and and you know we we always want to be a family show. You know we're we're a family. The content may not always be family sometimes, because depending on who we bring on. <laughs> but for the most part, we want it to be a family show. Wonderful, I love that. So she's coming get to him now. Yes, yeah, okay. I think she had to run outside because he's outside playing. Okay. <laughs> Well, good for him. How are you all doing during this? I mean, other than, you know, is he home from school? Well, we, we've homeschooled him since, since day one, so nothing's changed for him. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, lucky him. <clears throat> yeah, that's he didn't great. have to go through some of the depression that some of these kids are going through. Wow. I'm always fascinated by, by homeschool. Oh, great. He, here's well, Christopher. Chris. He's ready with a question. Say hi. Hey, hi, Louis. What's Hi, your how are you? Favorite food. Doing good. What's your favorite food? <laughs> What's that? What's your favorite food? My favorite foods. Oh, I'm embarrassed to say, um, even though I try and be gluten free as much as possible, <laughs> my favorite food is definitely a good slice of pizza and a, mm. a, along with a great glass of red wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a girl of simple taste. <laughs> and what's your Pizza. Is your favorite food pizza? Yes. Oh well, see, we have all that in common. What's your favorite kind of <laughs> yes. pizza? Are you sort of a are you a, a simple like a, a plain pizza person, or you like pepperoni? How do you like your pizza? I like I like pepperoni and sausage. Ah, okay. Well, I'm sort of a, a margarita girl. I like a pizza margarita, and sometimes with a little, like, maybe pesto on it or something like that. <laughs> awesome. Do you like, do you Bye, like thin slice pizza? Wait, don't go away, Christopher. I've never tried that before. Would well, you like thin slice, thin pizza, or do you like a thick crust? i never tried that before. Which one? The pesto? Uh, He's yeah. never... He, okay, well, give it a has, try. Let me know what you think. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have another question for me? Uh, no, that's it. 
Okay, well, thank you for yeah. asking. <laughs> you will come by. Have a good day. I will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he loves that part, you know. And, and sometimes yeah. Yeah. when when uh, guests do converse back and forth, sometimes it confuses him a little bit because so many times they usually don't. So, right. so sometimes it gets caught. <laughs> yeah, which, which we love it, you know. Of course, we love it when they converse yeah. like that because it helps him grow. We love it. Yeah, it's good right. for it. I love that you bring him on. That's so sweet. Oh, <laughs> you know, you. I never want to be one of them shows that are like so professional. You can't do things outside the box, and you know th- that's why I probably could never work for a company as a show because of course they expect you to do A, B, C, D in this way and I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, well that's that's why we do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. you'd be at IBM or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because again, we feel like we're on the same path that artists and actors are on. We're ju- we just got a different platform than they do. You know, so we're still chasing that dream of where we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentleys, the Ryan Seacrest, but as a married couple. Well, why not? <laughs> why Why shouldn't you be? Yep, exactly. So we're chasing it, and we're, you know, we're, we're just surprised how far we've come in this. Because we keep thinking, okay, 2020, we built this foundation. We can only imagine where 2021 is going. Well, you know, hopefully it continues to go in an upward trajectory and, uh, and the world gets healthy. Yeah, exactly. So we all get vaccinated. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of 2021, what is next for you? Well, um, right out of the gate, uh, starting January 6th, as I said earlier, I'll start finishing shooting on this film called The Virgin of uh, Highland Park with Dermot mm-hmm. Mulroney and Penelope Ann Miller. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll finish. I think we've got uh, principal photography at six days left of shooting, um, which is unbelievable that it's taken this long. But anyway, we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm in um, early stages of casting for the film that I am producing. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully sometime in January we'll have that to announce and we'll have our cast in place. Uh, and then I'm in development for a book that I uh, optioned that I'm going to turn into a uh, limited series uh, with wow. my same uh, producing partner that I brought in to help me produce this other film. Uh, mm. And then just auditioning uh, for, you know, work. So uh, hopefully <laughs> it'll be a really, really good year, but it's definitely going to be off to a fantastic start. <laughs> And, you know, I think the entertainment world is going to be huge next year because especially once people start getting vaccinated and we start actually getting this thing calm and under control, at least to a degree, because a lot of people are not spending money right now. They're hoarding the money because they don't know what's going to happen and all that. Because I think I was talking to a friend of mine in Nashville, and he said that some of his banker friends said, you wouldn't believe how many accounts are not spending money right now. So, so I believe because of that, that once theaters start opening up, once live shows start happening again, they're going to be flooded when that happens. 
I mean, I really hope so because, you know, what's happened to my uh, theater community of friends mm-hmm. is just heartbreaking. So many people have yep. had to, you know, leave New York and give up on acting altogether. And, uh, you know, of course it'll make room for new people to come in, but it's really sad what what has happened. Yeah. Um, and our community has been really decimated. I mean, it, it, I, I just hope you're right that it will, there'll be a lot of work uh, ahead. I mean, right now it's very difficult. Um, I'm, I understand from friends of mine who have done some work, you know, being on set right now with COVID is the limitations are huge. Uh, mm-hmm. The sets are very different. I'm a little nervous, frankly, going back to work uh, in January because, None of us will have been vaccinated. Uh, they've got yeah. very sad, has very strict COVID laws uh, for how you can, you know, work on set, and you have to get tested yeah. all the time. And uh, you know, everybody's got to wear masks in between shooting, and it's really going to be crazy. I'm, uh, but and then I've got a quarantine for my family for you know ten days after I finish. I won't be able to see my mm-hmm. family for ten days. So it's. You know, all that until until this is really under control. And, of course, now we're hearing that the virus is mutating. And this is a scary time. You know, really, uh, we all the just got to take a plus about breath The plus about the mutating is is it's not nowhere near as deadly, they're saying. So it's almost right. becoming more of a flu. It's it's not as deadly, but it's more contagious, which, you know, if, if for people that have preexisting conditions, that's scary. So it'll so, be interesting to see. And, you know, when you look back at the pandemic of 1918, and this is kind of what I'm going with, um, it lasted two years. So we could have another year of this. But pandemics normally last one to two years, and then they eventually wipe themselves out whether you get a vaccine or not. It's just right. the law. And eventually enough people get it where it goes away. But let's say it even took two, two years like the first pandemic or the pandemic of 1918. Right after that was when the Roaring Twenties happened. Exactly. And that, that's right. And, that's, and, and it's because people – I think people then said, you know what? We lived through that. We made it, and we're going to enjoy life. And I think that's what happened, and I think that's what's going to happen again eventually. I, I hope you're right, but not to be Debbie Downer, but from things <laughs> that I'm reading, they're saying that uh, these pandemics are going to be a new way of life for us and that – um, we'll get through this one, but that doesn't mean there isn't another one right behind it. And that, that's what really scares me. I feel like there's a part of me that feels like I'm not sure if we ever to life as we knew it. I think we're all going to have to make some, some sacrifices and um, just alter the way we live a little bit. I, I wonder if face masks are not going to be a new accessory that we live with for a very long time. I hope not because I almost die when I, I have, really bad breathing problems and if i wear it more than 10 15 minutes i'd almost pass out i i find it i don't i don't know why but it must be something to do with the senses but i find that when i'm wearing it i have a very hard time hearing people i'm not sure if yeah it's and i i I have a bunch of friends who have said the same thing that that mask somehow always makes it hard to hear i bet it's i bet you're right i bet it senses i bet i bet when you get to the point where everything is focused on the mouth and the breathing that then it makes you hear less i bet right. that's it i don't know but i'm looking forward to it being over and i hope what i'm reading is wrong 
and I hope that we get through this and we're back to the roaring 20s because I'm ready. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, yeah. I bet they had the same articles right after the pandemic of, uh, of 1918. I almost bet the exact same articles came out I'm saying sure this is going to be a way of life. You know that expression? They always say history repeats itself. Let's just hope we don't get back to the 30s. Yeah, because oh, because that that because yeah. see that because I already told Sandy if we do have a roaring twenties now era, we need to stack yeah. money up because right. if if, if it repeats itself, because if it repeats right. itself, we're going to go in another Great Depression and within ten years That's of that right. roaring. That's right. So so better yeah. be prepared now, knowing the past. Well, I you know. One could argue that we are probably already in that depression to some, I mean, for, you know, probably 90% of this country uh, doesn't have food on the table right now. So, you know, it's it's really, it's a hard, these are just horrible times. Yep. It's horrible. <clears throat> I, I do believe that we'll get through it. I know it's going to be rough and it's going to be next year, but, you know, if we got to go through one more year like this year, and 2022 becomes a big year, I'm okay with that. I would rather not be that, but if we can get back to at least semi-normal, I'm okay with that. I'm with you. <laughs> semi-normal. Just, just whatever happens, good. yep, whatever happens, let's just get there. Let's just get this under control, and then so we can start to at least enjoy each other's company again. Exactly, and, and hug our <laughs> friends. I so, I'm so mis-hugging my friends. <laughs> <sighs> yep. I definitely get that. And, you know, as we come to a close here, what, you know, what advice would you give an up-and-coming actor, an actress, that will help guide them the next couple years? Um, well, I think it's a little bit of what we said earlier, that um, you have to be the CEO of your career. You mm-hmm. cannot – sit around and wait for anybody to make things happen for you. You always have to be creating on your own and, you know, moving the needle every day. Um, You should be doing something every single day that makes you feel like you're furthering the motion of your career. And, uh, and like your other friend said, uh, if there's anything else you could do, go do that. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, You know, as we finish up here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you if they if you, for your podcast and all that. Oh, well, the podcast is every Friday. Uh, we try and keep it at a regular time at twelve uh, PST, three o'clock EST, on Lois Robbins twenty one uh, on my Instagram, and uh, I'm hoping to turn it into a podcast very soon. And uh, please, you know, follow me and uh, and tune in. I've got some great guests. Of course, we won't have one this Friday because it's Christmas. So I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. And uh, Sandy and Chris, thank you so much for having me. And uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Yep. It's definitely our pleasure to have you on the show. And Merry Christmas yes, to you, too. And we, ha- mm-hmm. we definitely enjoyed having you on the show. And we look forward to having you back down the road. Thank yes, you so much. You. I look forward to that too. Okay. And right. Wonderful and this time to video. meet your, your Christopher. Okay. Right. And hopefully this time will be video. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Video. Okay. Thank you and happy right. new year. Okay. Right. Same, to you. same to Talk you. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.